This message by Mike Betts was recorded at the Relational Mission Church Planting Conference 2015 in Berkel, the Netherlands. Yeah, so let's turn to Luke chapter 9. Just looking again at this chapter. And so this morning I just wanted to look again at uh, just this pioneering with Jesus title that we've had and particularly sort of how to doing something with nothing really is the title you know doing doing something with nothing or next to nothing as they as they had here Uh, again a very familiar story Uh, yeah 11 to 17 is it 12 we finish is that right Yep, Mr. Host, yeah, you know, okay. Um, just to allow time for ministry, I don't know. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now, when the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, uh, and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodgings and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, well, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we're to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so, and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. And he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to sit before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over uh, was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. So, Father, just help us this morning, just to, again, just learn very, very uh, simple, timeless principles, Lord, uh, that can help us. So everybody here, Lord, is here because they feel, to some degree, called to pioneer with you. Uh, Lord, even our whole family of churches really is all about pioneering with you Lord we, we don't want to just uh, maintain things Lord we want to see your kingdom come and um, that's why we're here so we, we just want to look how you did it with your first disciples and just say Lord do it again with us Lord what you did with them do it with us Lord it's just just to help us learn uh, the same things that they had to learn so help me this morning please Lord just to know where to focus in and what things to leave and uh, I pray Holy Spirit that you, you really will do the work this morning just among us and that we'd, we'd really meet with you Lord I, I do pray for that I pray for every person here just such dear people here Lord who've just cost and sacrifice and obedience are not words that they shun Lord these dear people Lord and I pray that something of your food from heaven will be among us Lord today and uh, we'll be strengthened in our inner being Lord for the, uh, the journeys ahead Lord we just pray for that in Jesus name Amen so it's all a mixture of things this morning from this as I just sort of was meditating on it and thinking through it and thinking, okay, what are some of the features of pioneering with Jesus, this sort of next bit, um, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what can we learn? And, you know, again, just going to pick things out from the verses, just principles, try and apply them to us. Very simply, the first one in verse 11 says, uh, 
when the crowds learned it they followed him and he welcomed them um, I, I think when we talk about church planting we are, what tends to happen is we we start with, with rightly we start with very spiritual matters like what's God saying where does he want us to go who is he sending who is he calling what's our strategy what's the prophetic word very very spiritual things and then you arrive in situ you, 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 you start wherever you know you're starting and what can happen I think being very practical is I think we can be we can continue to be very spiritual and overshoot the runway in terms of um, the simple things that are required to get started now what I mean by that is this these crowds say crowds doesn't that feel good crowds crowds yeah crowds these crowds thank you you don't have to keep saying it alright it's not it's not, <laughs> it's not like a crackerjack moment for those of you who are over 50 you remember no it's um, <laughs> uh, these crowds yeah, yeah you can, let's, just go, let's just go with it alright let's go with it they, they weren't there because of the stunningly good alpha course that Jesus was running they weren't there because they were spiritually hungry as their first they were there because he welcomed them. Now, you know, forgive me for stating the obvious, but many of us think, uh, this is a bit of a humble, humbling moment, many of us think, probably myself included, that people come to our churches because of the amazing worship, the wonderful preaching, the extraordinary program of very spiritual activities that go on in such a cauldron of spiritual intensity they come because they feel welcome people come to your church firstly usually because they've either got a friend made a friend or need a friend it, they don't often come because they're searching spiritually some do but most of the crowds you missed it, come on. Most of the crowds, come on, stay with it. Most of the crowds, thank you, that's better, that, that went around with Jesus, they were with him because of felt needs. I mean, is this fair? Because even Jesus said somewhere else, you're only following me because I've fed you at this, you know. <laughs> He's not daft, he does realise what's going on. But he's quite happy to start there. Now, and just a simple observation I would make of the church plants we've been involved in in different places. The ones that really uh, seem to gain quicker trajectory emphasize these very spiritual things. Fun, food, friendship. can't think of anything else we can do with F. But, but uh, it, they're, they're, it's... Fireplace or whatever. Uh, any, anything, basically anything apart from the Bible. <laughs> you know, and, and I just want to normalize people's needs. People need friends. They need food. They need acceptance. They want to feel welcome. And if you give it to them, they will come to you rather than go somewhere else to look for it. 
uh, now I, I was so thrilled when Andy did his thing on um, what was the title you gave it? It was about fun food and the gospel, and I thought you've hit it on the head. Jesus was always surrounded by crowds. Oh come on! <laughs> uh, uh, and in that in that context, there was always food. You know, there was food. There was a, it says it sinners enjoyed his company. And that wasn't always because he was doing deep spiritual things with them. He just, just listen to be friend, a friend of sinners, friends. People need friends. People will not even stick in your church or my church unless they make probably about seven friends. I think that's what the statistic is. It might be brilliant teaching. It might be wonderful. But if they haven't got seven friends, they'll go somewhere else because their friendship need is not met. The whole explosion of the cafe culture that's going on in the western world at the moment, the Starbucks thing the third place, you know the third place principle, somewhere between home and work is a third place, everybody needs a third place, the church has evacuated the third place, that place. so the thing that's filled it is coffee houses because it's a place where people go, they feel community, they feel sort of a sense of belonging around something. It's not home, it's not work, it's a third place. We need to take the third place back. Right? Church plants will m- go much quicker if you just think, now, what are the felt needs of these people? They may not even have any spiritual interest whatsoever, I, as most of these crowds... That's much better. As most of these crowds didn't. That was very good. I, I, I even forgot that one myself. <laughs> rather, rather shocked me when you did that. Um, because I, I, I'm really convinced most, most of the momentum we will gain from church plants is around atmosphere that we create. I mean, you might think, oh, you've been a bit, you know, isn't it a bit just sort of unspiritual what you're saying well yes uh, well it is but you know what I mean it's not I'm, I'm not I can't you know it's not the quality of your alpha course that will get the thing going really it isn't now, you know eventually you'll get there but most of it is you're just trying to gather gather a crowd <laughs> that's better from from and the other thing is if you're living in a very multicultural area Make sure there's loads of food and that when people bring their food, they bring food from their nation. Because it makes them feel honoured, it makes them feel valued, it makes them feel, I'm not coming to your thing, this is my thing. This is my thing, this is my food, this is part of our, this is our thing. And I would honestly say, for as long as you possibly can, do food every time you meet. For as long as you can, and then when you get so big that you think, well, how on earth are we going to do this? Find another way of doing it. Because it, 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 it's, the, it's the glue that just keeps people together. Now, I know that sounds really basic. And you, you, know, you think, well, you know, aren't there sort of like seven steps to healthy church plant? Well, the first three are food, fun, and friendship. You know, that, that, that would just be my observation. If people enjoy being in your front living room with your 25 people that you're trying to plant your church with, if people enjoy it, they'll bring their friends and you'll soon outgrow your room. That, they won't remember hardly anything you say about Jesus to start. They just won't. They will just think, well, I feel loved. I feel welcome. I feel I've got some friends. Oh, yeah, they did say, what did they say? They're talking about Jesus or something. But, uh, oh, not to worry about that. I'll go, but I'll go back. 
I mean, that seems to me that, that primarily that's how Jesus worked. He gathered the crowd. Hey, there you go. See, there's someone still with it. He gathered, he gathered them. And then out of, uh, uh, yeah, okay, uh, uh, I, I'm getting bored with it now. So he, he gathered a number of people. And, and, then, and then out of that, you know, the, the, there was concentric circles of, you know, of, of deepening, you know, deepening commitment. So if relational mission is about anything, let it be about food and friendship and fun and you know, pe- people need all those things just to be human. It's it's not rocket science. It really isn't. So, so you know, sometimes I think we just need to dial down the pressure we put on ourselves to think, goodness, we've not had anybody saved this year. Well, all right, but have you got? Th- if you've got 30 people in your living room who love being there and are just kind of feeling they're just on the fringes of exploring something, you, that's fruitful. That's fruitful. Let's not, you know, don't despise the day of small things. We'll get, you'll, get your, you'll get your people saved, just as Jesus did. He gathered them, and then, you know, out of that, people came to know him. So the, so the first point is just this, this welcome. It says that the, the, the crowds learned it, and they followed him, and he welcomed them. I just love that, those three. He welcomed them. The king of the universe welcomed them. Before he spoke to them about the kingdom and cured those who needed healing. Right, we got, he got to that. But Luke didn't need to put in he welcomed them unless it was important. He could have got, just gone straight in that verse. Because I, I do believe that verses, the verses in the Bible are, there's meat in every bit of it. Right? It's, it's just, a, just a tip for expositors among you. Let it say what it says, not what you think it should say. Right? What it says there is he welcomed them first. That's what it says. He didn't speak to them about the kingdom of God and cure those who needed healing first. He welcomed them. Now, that's in there for a reason. Please, Lord, make us a welcoming people. So if we don't do a lot of other things well, we do that well. Then we will have crowds. Well done. Right. I think that's really, really important. Now the next bit is then obviously it does go on to, it says he spoke to them and he cured them. And it's yet another example, I talked about this last night, it's another example of word and spirit going together. Um, just one thing I would add to last night is I, I have learned and I am learning that um, even if I don't feel very spiritually um, sharp in a particular situation that absolutely makes no difference to the anointing I carry none at all even if I feel very lacking in confidence of a situation I'm about to engage in that makes nothing that's nothing to do with the anointing the anointing of God is a gift which I steward out of faithful obedience whether I feel close to God far from God uh, happy, sad, encouraged, discouraged. Most of the Christian life is about a, faithfully knowing that he's given us something and that it works. It's not about what I'm feeling in the moment. And so many people think, well, I can't really pray for people that I don't feel for you. Well, 
what's that got to, where, please, is that, I can't even find that in here. The disciples went out to visit to villages, but too often were a bit cheesed off, so they went home and thought, well, I'll wait till I feel a bit more close to God. I missed my quiet time today, so I thought, oh, no, I'll sit this one out. It's just not, I mean, do you think they always felt, you know, really, you know, in the zone? I, I don't really know. It's just, that's a lie of the enemy to try and keep you from being, the anointing is ragingly powerful every day. Every day. And it's just about stewarding obediently uh, every opportunity God gives us. We don't have to feel we're in the zone. Some days you do, some days you don't. But every day you can be obedient. That's a choice. Isn't it? And if you... I I remember Tony Thompson um, describing church planting once, and I never forgot this illustration. I thought, this is just absolutely brilliant. He said, church planting is a bit like driving over a speed bump in, in a mini small you know you, you feel every, every time you go over a speed bump it feels like a great big you know great big issue so in church planting somebody leaves it feels like a massive great big issue or five people don't turn up it's like a massive great big speed bump you've gone over in this little mini he says when you're in a more established church going over a speed bump it's like driving over one in a coach you sort of go Whoa, what was that well, that was ten people leaving. Oh, really? It's just like... Because it's like... It's just... You don't feel the impact so much in a bigger church. Even though the same stuff is going on in a bigger church as is happening in the church plant. It's just more of it. But it gets, it gets muted by numbers, yeah? Is that... Yeah? So, putting that back into this thing of, of um, stewarding the anointing is... For those of you who are planting, you have to be even more attentive to dial out, dial out your personal sense of encouragement or discouragement when it comes to just getting on with it. Because you will feel the bumps more than most people who are in a bigger setting. That's just life. So if you're constantly thinking, I am anointed, I'm not anointed. I am anointed, I'm not anointed. I'm not... You won't go anywhere other than into a spiral of depression. It's just not helpful. So you just just do the stuff. Pray for people even if you're sick yourself. Because you're, you know, you're stewarding. You're an ambassador. You're just bringing someone else's kingdom and, and presenting it to someone else. You're just a messenger. We don't, we're not the answer. We're just carrying the answer. Yeah, so we've got to, we've just got to keep keep in the rhythm. Just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. The next thing I see here in verse 12 is it says again. I just I love the way Scripture just brings little things out, and you you could just go over them and say, so "Let's move on to the meaty bit." But no, it says the day began to wear away. So I read that and I thought the day began to wear away. What what does that say? Well, what that says to me is this: even Jesus was subject to the rules of nature and only had 24 hours in a day. So if Jesus had to work within 24 hours in a day, what makes us think that we can just carry on and on and on and on and just kind of, you know, no, no, we've got to, we can fit more in, fit more in. Well, no, you can't. You can't. There is a rhythm to life. There are seasons. There are uh, adjustments have to be made. The, 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 the day was wearing out, and, this, and, and they said, "Send the crowd away 
so they can find lodgings and get provisions. Stuff. They need somewhere to sleep, something to eat. Even Jesus was subject to the rhythms of just ordinary human life. And the reason I'm mentioning that is I, I think when we're zealous for something, we do forget that we are creatures with limits. And we can get so intense about the church plant or we've got to see our breakthrough. Or we, you know. And actually, no, well, if, I, if, if we were to ask you the question, you know, uh, when did you last have a holiday? Oh, I'm not thinking about the holiday. I'm just I've got to get first. Well, no, when did you last have a day off? When did you last refresh yourself? When did you last, you know... The point I'm trying to make is I, I find that people who are most passionate for the kingdom of God often need the greatest help in learning how to live life with good rhythms to last the distance. Because burnout comes if you don't live life with a good rhythm. It just does. It, 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 you'll soon find out. You know, it, it, it will touch you because we're all subject to the rhythms of life. It's only 24 hours in a day. The day here began to wear away. Jesus couldn't say, son, I command you to stop, because he'd subjected himself to working within the rhythms that had been set up. That's what he was working with. And if Jesus can't make the sun stand still because he's confined himself into that, neither can, neither can we. Neither can we, well, no, Lord, I need another three hours today. Well, you haven't got it. All right? You have to do it tomorrow. You think, yeah, well, I've got to get this done, got to get that done. Well, really? Really? Have you? Won't it wait another month? What Will the world end if your plans take another six months? And yet, we can live like that. And we sometimes put pressure on each other. So, how's your church going? How's your church going? And you sort of like this. Just, you know, thus says the Lord, chill out. All right? Just, this, this is a marathon, not a sprint. It's, it just, you know, what you're involved in, you want to be there long after you've gone, don't you? So that means we're building for a long, long time. We're not. This is not a. We're not putting up a McDonald's. You know, we're we're, we're creating something that's got real good foundations and structure. And so, I've found that reflection and um, meditation, reflecting and meditating and thinking, pondering um, are as vital to fruitfulness as strategy and vision and uh, action. And if you, and if you don't just have that, just have the strategy but you don't have the reflection, um, life will very soon get out of, out of kilter. So what what I do, I'm not saying everybody does it this way, but what I found quite useful is every January I basically take that month um, where, so I don't preach in January, I don't have any normal sort of meetings, um, strategy meetings, business meetings, I don't, I, I, I don't do anything other than read things that will help me, spend time praying a bit more um, intentionally, so just clear the diary to give a bit more time for for that, I actually just go for walks and listen to God, right? Because I, I think God wants our attention, not just our time. Because uh, we can give time to God, but if you're not giving him your attention, then, you know, it's, it's not much use. So you've got to give him your attention. Uh, I like to go and meet people who I think can input me, 
give me things I haven't got. Just help me with my own blind spots. Basically, I take a month to pause and reflect before I then get straight into the, into the year. Now, for me, I found that really helpful <clears throat> because you can't just keep giving out of what you've got. You've got to go and get some more. You've got to go to, you've got to go to the edge and get some new stories. Right, and then, then bring them back to the center and then l- let them live out. So however that works for you, I mean, it does, you may not be able to do, do it the way I do it. Um, you may not need to. But we need all of us to recognize that the day begins to wear out sometimes. You've got to just have a, into a fresh day, a fresh season, etc. So um, we don't want stories of people burning out trying to plant churches. Um, do you get that one? Yeah. All right, because just yeah, we don't want we want you know people to be happy, even if they're busy. Uh, verse 12 says then again, uh, send them away. That's not very good church planting. Uh, <laughs> how to plant a church? Send them away. What we find here is capacity has been reached in the disciples' mind. They can't cope any longer. They think this is now beyond us. <clears throat> the day's wearing out. There's no food. There's no lodgings. Send them away. Um, and they justify that by saying in verse 13, um, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we're to go and buy food for all these people. What this says to me is this. <clears throat> when capacity is reached and there's nothing, you've got nothing left, to be able to solve the problems before you. That is the only place when miracles start. You won't find Jesus ever performing a miracle where the person he did the miracle with or to could have solved the situation themselves. That's why it's a miracle. It's just stating the obvious. And for us... There, will, there should always come a point where we, within our, own, within our own capacities, reach the point where we, we kind of in our hearts say, Lord, send them away. <laughs> I, we've got, I've got no more. Uh, I've got no more. That's actually the beginning of when we can become more fruitful. Jesus said... If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. It's learning that all our life is is vine life, if you want to put it like that. You know. So when I look out at um, um, at relational mission at the moment, and we think about you know all the things that prophetically, I believe God has genuinely said to us, just extraordinary things, and I. It's a bit like Jesus saying to us, you feed them. <laughs> With what? With what? We've only got this. That's all you need. That's all you need. Um, I can remember a, a, prof- a prophetic, fr- um, a friend I have who's prophetic, and I was, I forget how the conversation came up, but he, he just very simply prophesied to me, he said, <coughs> um, God's going to enable you to feed the 5,000 with the 5 and 2. 
you, you don't need anything in addition to what you've already got in your hand. God will <coughs> start breaking it and feeding it and feeding it and feeding it and feeding it. And what, I, what occurred to me when he said that was um, we actually have about 5,000 people in relational mission. That's roughly about the number. If you add up everybody you know, in all the churches, it, it comes to about that. And so even that, you can think, goodness, that's a lot of, that's a lot of people to try and how do we, you know, uh, mature and mobilize and envision and that. how do we, how do we do anything with that with five and two, you know, with just this little thing. And, and I've just become more convinced that over the years, when we look back, our story will not be um, wow, look at how clever they were. Look at what they came up with that was so, you know, um, uh, it won't be focused on any man or woman amongst us who, who was, who was the, the, the knight on shine, in shining armor that suddenly appeared and, you know, everything. I think the focus is going to be solely on God. So people will say, I've got no idea how God did that through them, but look what he did. It has got global significance. I mean, I honestly feel that is something God has said to me, that he wants us somehow to have global significance. I think, well, what with this? I mean, I know what I'm like. I think you really are having a laugh. How can this do that? Well, isn't that the whole point? Isn't that the whole point he was trying to teach them through this? As actually, if you want to, if you, if this, if this story was like a chemical compound, and you put it in a, a little thing in the in, a, in, in the lab, and you put the Bunsen burner on it, and you reduced it all the way down till just the essential bare uh, elements, if you did that with this story, this is about. God doing something through people who haven't got anything to offer him. Isn't it? And he did this because other, other versions of this story say he already had in mind what he was going to do. Right, so he's kind of testing. He's trying to teach them a principle. And then again he reminds them later on. He says, don't you remember about the feeding of the 5,000? He's trying to get something in their hearts that is simply this. God can and will do what he says he wants to do irrespective of the resources we bring to the table. So you might be in a church planting situation and you think, how are we going to touch this city? How are we going to reach this nation? You might have a a vision for a nation. Think about Vladar and the Balkans and just... uh, just being there with him recently, just seeing how well Vladar and the team have done, and um, you know all the guys that, that he's working with, just done so well over what ten years? You've been ten years, and they've really kind of got somewhere now. But then you lift up your eyes and you think the Balkan nations, and beyond that, and what's the what's the evangelical percentage in Serbia? One percent. Zero zero one percent of people in Serbia are evangelical believers, and your city, three hundred thousand people, less than one hundred believers in a city of three hundred thousand. I tell you, if ever there's five and two, now, if we didn't have this story, I'd say to Vlada, let's just go down the pub, Vlada. <laughs> 
and just just drown our sorrows and just think, you know, just you get yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. But you go for it, you go for a different reason, yeah. Yeah, you, you could let's 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 dull our senses to the extraordinary depression that should really be upon us when we look at the situation we're facing. But this story is in here that that does not happen. Jesus did this to teach them something, and he did it to teach us something. That when we have nothing but this, it's okay. It's okay. I don't know, Vlad, I don't know how the Lord is going to touch the Balkan nations through you, but he will. Right? He will. I've read books about people like you. And there will be books written about you, right? Because the Lord has got you in his hand, and it's not about how clever you are. It's about the fact that you're just in his hand being obedient. And, and there's, a, all of, there's a room full of people like Vlada in situations, whether you're in Tallinn or whether you're in Helsinki or where, wherever you It's the fact that our dependency, our trust, our confidence, our... Total, we've put all our eggs in, the, to use a English, um, whatever, we've put all the eggs in the basket of trusting God to come through for us. I've got, people often say to me, what, what's Relational Mission doing about this? What are we doing about that? I honestly say, I have no idea. I have no idea. I just, that's why I love the prophetic, because unless God tells me what to do next, I've got no idea. Absolutely no idea what I'm doing. But I do know this, God has promised us things that I know he will do. And that the days will come in the future, and this is why I feel I can confidently say it and humbly say it, the days will come in the future when we will have influence right around the globe. And that will be nothing to do with any power or prominence or, 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 or anything to do with any of us making that happen. It will simply be that God just took five and two and he broke it and blessed it and he multiplied it. It's, it's, it's the way he uses people. You know, in verse 16, uh, this is the key here. He took the five and the two. He took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven. And this is again, just let scripture say what it says, right? He said a blessing over them. Do you know... What's worth more than all the money in the world is if Jesus says a blessing over your life. I mean, you're unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable if Jesus says a word over your life. I often talk to Rob, and I love talking to Rob and Liz and just hearing their stories of China because they're more exciting every time I see it. It's always something amazing happening. Do you know why that's happening? It's because the Lord said a blessing over you. He said a blessing over you. It's not because Rob has finally worked out the key to get to really, you know, be effective in the Asian context. No, I mean, you've learned things. Of course you have. But the reason God's blessing you is because he said a blessing over you. And, and if God blesses someone, you, you just, you can't stop them being fruitful. I mean, is that, so, so, now, now, some of us then thinking, yeah, well, perhaps he hasn't said a blessing over me. No, shall I tell you who just said that to you? Because it wasn't the Lord. You've got a little, a little, a little friend on your shoulder, a little, a little personally assigned demon, 
from the pit of hell who will every time you read anything that's true say no 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 that doesn't apply to you uh, didn't you see the small print in the bottom there it said except you didn't you see that bit right? you're not included there's people who have got a blessing over them and you can see their blessing but you, you don't qualify for that blessing if only you were part of the five and two you know, you're not. You know, there was only two fish, and you're not one of them, right? There's this. There's this. We must understand that is spiritual warfare. If you're in this room and you love Jesus, He said a blessing over you. All right, and He's the blessing He said is that you might be very fruitful. I mean, if we honestly, if we really believed what I just said, then. It would change so much of what we wrestle with. I speak to myself in that as well. So many times God says things to me. I hear him. I believe him. I begin the journey and then something happens. You think, oh, hmm, perhaps I got that wrong. I think, no, I haven't got it wrong. He told me that so that when I hit this, I don't lose confidence. I think, no, you've, prom- you've promised me this so something you'll, you'll help me through this. I don't know quite how you're going to do it, but you'll get me through this. Some of you are in a... Lord, you need to get me through this moment right now. He will. He will. Because he's a saviour. Saviours save. Redeemers redeem. That's what they do. That's what they do. You might be looking at your little church plant and you think, you know what, this is such a motley bunch. I think, wow. Can, Can this feed a city this five and two you might have people and you think yeah they really are like five loaves and two fish they really are seven people you know and you think what what is this amongst so many this is in the scriptures that we might have faith that god is a god who does something with very little now i know what i've said is very 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 simple but if you want something complicated, that isn't actually what's going to help you. What's going to help you is simply trusting the dynamics of what God shows us to be the way he works. He simply takes the little we have, speaks a blessing over it, breaks it and feeds a multitude. That's what he does. I remember being in um, Kenya with uh, Edward at one of his uh, conferences and uh, that's just such a joy to be there. Just such amazing, amazing people who... And the reason I think a lot, of, a lot of Edward's folk in Kenya have been so fruitful is because actually they do just take God at his word. They just do. It's just like if God says, oh, well, we'll do that, then it, somehow it just works. Uh, we overanalyze it sometimes in the West. And, think, mm-hmm. and we almost like squeeze all the ease out of it just to make it difficult. But anyway, I was in this meeting and... Um, one of his team was just uh, speaking and he said uh, just a little verse I, I can't even remember where it was a Genesis somewhere and it said about Noah it says uh, Noah was spared Noah and his family were spared that, that he might be fruitful um, and it was one of those moments when I felt the Holy Spirit just um, arrest me just personally and I just felt him say you have been spared that you might be fruitful and I've never forgot it I never forgot it it was like one of those lightning bolts and 
I thought to myself, there's a promise here, but there's also a great mercy. The, mer- the mercy is that, why me? Why, why should I be fruitful? But Noah could have said the same thing, couldn't he? he could have said, well, why me? Everybody else around me, but why me? He's been spared that he might be fruitful. So it's, it just kind of made me li- live very, very simply from that day on. And I thought, Lord, I don't understand everything about how we're supposed to do this. Um, and I don't think it was just about, just about me. I felt it was like representative Noah and his family, like it was like us as a family. Um, I don't know how to do all this. I don't know exactly, you know, we're not skilled in repopulating the earth <laughs> post-destruction. We're not skilled in these things, you know. We're coming out of a, a, an ark and it's all soggy. And you think, okay, well, what, where do we start? You know, it's a lot of, there's a lot of earth to populate here. Um, well, let's let the animals out first, you know. Um, just, well, I don't know how we do this. Um, but it just made me think, no, the Lord has said, I've spared you that you might be fruitful. It's almost exactly the same as him saying, he took the five and two, broke the loaves, and said a blessing over them. It's just when God speaks over your life, it's just worth everything. And the good news for every one of us sitting here in this room is, he has spoken blessing over us. If you find your sweet spot, if you find the thing that God has really called you to do, you will be fruitful. One of the things that myself and Morris and the rest of the guys uh, um, serving us as a family of churches, one of our roles is to help everybody find their sweet spot. Find, find what is it that God has called you to do and to help. Ephesians 4 ministries are to equip the saints for works of service, right? So we're here to try and help you find your your, your sweet spot, the thing that God's really called you to do. And when you're in it, you will bear fruit. You will. Uh, sometimes we don't bear fruit because we're not in, quite in the right configuration or we just need to adjust or we need others to complement our gifts and all the rest of it. Uh, and sometimes we go through that and there's a learning curve. But when, you, when you're really in the thing that God has called you to you will be fruitful. You will. It, it, it just, you can't stop being fruitful because God has spoken a blessing over you. So um, I kind of felt I wanted to um, give us a bit of time now just to, to pray. So I, I'm not going to say any more. So um, we've got a little bit of time. So if we could just stand together. Um, what I would really love to, to come from this is that everybody leaves this room today so certain of the fact that God has spoken a blessing over them and that whatever you're facing you're facing it with the fact that God has said I'm going to bless you I'm going to use you I'm going to make you fruitful um, so if the, if the band can come back that would probably help us and I just want to give the Holy Spirit some opportunity just to come and um, help us The first thing I'd perhaps just like us to do is very, very simply, um, if you've got an, a nation on your heart, that you, it may not be that you're going to go there, but it may be that you just, feel, you just feel God stirring you to pray for a nation that one day we will have some involvement with, I'd just like you just to 
to do that. Um, perhaps um, if I give the microphone to Roger, and just uh, if you can pray where you are and we can hear you, that's great. But I just like you to, I just like you to pray just for whatever nation is on your is on your heart. Really, just uh, I, I'm going to ask God to put nations on our heart right now, so that we're not just sort of sticking a pin in a map, but we just let's just pray in the spirit. So Holy, so Holy Spirit, I pray you just put on our hearts now. Uh, an abundance of where you want the fruitfulness that's in this room to, to go. Lord, you, uh, we, we just love the fact that we said crowds. You didn't do it. Uh, we, <laughs> Lord, we said crowds. Because we want to see thousands of people come to know Jesus. From every tongue and tribe and nation. And Lord, we, we're, 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 we're not the only thing you're doing by any means. But we're, we're not an insignificant thing you're doing. Lord, we believe you've called us for great fruitfulness. Great fruitfulness. We've been spared that we might be fruitful. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, now, would you put nations on our hearts? And I pray you'd put prayers within our spirits for different nations and different cities and different villages and different areas and different ethnic groups. Lord, I pray right now in this next little little while of prayer together, I pray that it's almost like you will break the five and two, these, these little prayers we're praying. They'll be like the loaves and fishes, and you'll, just, you'll, you'll lift up our prayers, Lord, and you'll say a blessing over them. Lord, that you'd say a blessing over our prayers, and whatever we call into being, Lord, you will say, let it be done. Lord, we just want to ask you that in the coming years, we'll begin to see all of that begin to outwork Lord, out of this room. So, Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, just begin to speak right now. Put nations on our hearts. Let prayers arise. So if you want to pray, you might need to just come and use the microphone just to be heard over the, over the band. But it's, so just come to the front, and Roger's got the mic. If several of you want to come at once, that's great. We'll form a queue. Just come and uh, just begin to pray for whatever you feel, wherever you feel God putting your, on your heart. Pray for Nepal. Um, Lord, I just know that women in Nepal have such a tough time. You know, there are more women die in childbirth in Nepal than than any other country, Lord. And I just pray that your spirit would be there, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would, um, your gospel would go out in Nepal, Lord. We know there's been an earthquake there, Lord. And I just pray for that nation. And I pray, you know, Nepal is famous for mountains, but we know in the spiritual realm, Lord, you tear down mountains and you raise up valleys and you make ground that is fit to to be on lord and i just pray for that nation i pray that you would do something mighty in nepal lord and i thank you that you love the nepalese yeah lord have your way in that nation lord be glorified in that nation lord Lord. yeah let your glory come thank Thank you you, jesus thank you jesus amen yeah, just um, just to uh, just to have a burst uh, for, for Nepal. The reason I, I think it's quite significant is we, we've just got the beginnings of a, a contact there with an apostolic movement, uh, and we've actually just just even this last week I've just been in communications with them. And I, I, the guy's name is Daniel, who leads this whole thing, and um, it's a long connection through to Keith Hazel, uh, as most things are. Um, so I, I just like I, to get on, on, on the back of what Liz has just prayed there and just say, God, just if you've got something for us in Nepal, for us to connect 
in some way with this other apostolic team there. Lord, would you just show us? So just a quick minute burst. Just all pray at once. Just pray for Nepal. Lord Jesus, show us, Lord. Norway, Father, which is part of my natural family, my, my grandma's side of the family. And, but Lord, I thank you that while there's a natural family with myself, Father, I thank you for a spiritual family to be raised up in, in, in Norway. I pray, Father, for men and women of peace. Father, to rise up. Father, I pray for leaders that are looking for places of connection with a greater vision, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would raise up uh, men and women from Norway, Father, leaders in Norway, Father, to gather together a native church there, Father, of power and of word and of yes, spirit, Lord Father, in Jesus' name. I just thank you right now for Norway. We just continue to, Lord, I ask for a deeper conviction in my own heart, Father, to stir me in prayer for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Just have another burst. Let's all lift our voices for Norway. Just go. Come on. Let's, let's ask God to bless these prayers. Make these prayers fruitful. Lord, we believe you for Belgium to break open up. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We, we believe you for Brussels. Yes, oh we God. We believe you for Antwerp. Yes. We believe you for Ghent. Yes. We believe you for all those towns and villages. And to, to break open for the gospel. Lord, we believe you and we pray. Open it up in the, in the near future. Amen. I just feel there's something really important about Belgium because if ever there's a, a kind of a spiritual warfare thing that prayer alone, prayer alone will break this. It's like the mountains melt like wax before the Lord and it's prayer that does it. It's, so I, I, can we just go again for, for Brussels particularly and, and also in your prayers... Pray for Clive and Heather. We're just really standing with them that this cancer that Heather's battling, we just pray that, pray that these tumours shrink, whether it's by a mixture of me- medical help or God's supernatural, whatever. Uh, both are in the hands of God. Let, let's just go again for them uh, and pray for Brussels and for others to be called into that setting. So come on, let's go for it again. Let's ask God to break in there, Lord. Yeah, Father, I want to pray for Lithuania, Lord God. I pray for breakthrough among the Lithuanians living in uh, the UK, God, that we would see people saved, see people added to your kingdom. Lord, I pray that we would be able to send people back yes. uh, to Lithuania and see a breakout of yes. church planting in that nation. Yes, In Lord. your name, Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord. Wonderful. Wonderful. Lord, I pray uh, for all those nations that are now coming to us instead of we going to them. Yeah. Lord, it is no coincidence that the refugee camps are shooting up everywhere. Yes. And Lord, I really pray that we can show what it is like to be a child of you. I pray that we step out and we are the first to indeed love these people and surround them with your kingdom. But I really pray that our churches will be planted right in the center of those camps. And I pray especially that we can enter into people's lives and that we um, are able to communicate and share your, your glory also with the Muslims. Yeah. Lord, yeah. I, I really pray for yeah. a breakthrough there. I know it is yeah. a very difficult mission field. I know the people don't stay very long in those camps, but I really have a sense that you, you put us next to these people and that we have a strong calling there. I pray for strong people who are able to pick up this task and, and that many people will be pulled along. Yeah. I also pray that it, if it's your will that in, in countries like Syria and Eritrea, churches will, will grow and that there will be healing there. Yeah, yeah I really pray for the, 
especially the children and uh, and the women there and and all the civilians and um, yeah that even there in the midst of the misery your kingdom will come yes thank you lord i really feel we need to get behind that in a, a big burst of prayer i think that yeah. that god really really wants to affect our hearts um as to not be those who would pass by opportunities to be to not miss out on the samaritan opportunity and I, I think god is laying it on the plate for us of of bringing such staggering need to our doorsteps many times we think of you get excited for a nation or somewhere but then others you don't think you know think oh that's someone somewhere for someone someone else but i think this is an opportunity that god is calling all of us to and i I feel there's a response in, in as we pray for the refugee crisis that there, there is also almost a sort of a, a repentance that needs to go on on behalf of nations, on behalf of the West to, to say, Lord, forgive us for turning the shoulder. Forgive our governments for turning the blind eye. Uh, let's, let's be fueled with a sense of God's justice as we pray for an alleviation of poverty, as we pray for a, a breakthrough of strongholds, um, I believe God really wants to do business in our hearts as we pray for this one. So let's lift our voices for the refugee crisis, praying into God's favour of breakthrough. Lord Jesus, we want to lift our voices, Holy Spirit. Heer, ik bid ervoor voor dit land, heer, mijn land, Nederland, heer, wat uw land is. Heer, wij zijn met weinig, we zijn met weinig kerken, heer, maar u, u gebruikt ons. Heer, open onze ogen, heer, voor, voor het land waar we in leven, heer, dat, dat uw evangelie verkondigd moet worden. Heer, open onze ogen voor, voor de mensen die verloren gaan. Heer, mensen die, die, die van zichzelf niet weten dat ze verloren zijn. Heer, maar dat, ze zijn verloren. Heer, en open ons als, als kerken de ogen voor, voor onze... Um, ja, voor ons land, Heer, zoals u mij de ogen hebt geopend. Heer, en, en, en zegen ons, Heer. Zegen dit land. Uh, maak u zelf bekend. Openbaar u. En uh, ja, openbaar u met kracht, Heer, in de naam van Jezus. Lord, I pray for the great people of Turkey. Lord, I, you see their hopelessness. You see their fear, their pain, their depression, Lord, and I pray that you will, you will replace their fear by your love, that you will replace the hopelessness and the depression by, by just your, yeah, your father, Lord, you see the fatherlessness, Lord, show them your fatherhood, Lord, um, They need you, Lord. Lord, I'd like to pray for, uh, for the Tibetan people of the world, Lord. I just think about those five million people who've never heard of you, Lord. For the unreached people group, Lord, one of the largest, Lord. Father, would you send people to that nation? Lord, they're, they're one of the last because, you know, it's one of the hardest. But, Father, I would pray that you would be 
sending out people who'd be willing to, to lay down their lives for the gospel, who'd be willing to, to pay the price, Lord. Send laborers into that work, into that field, Lord. And Father, save that nation. That it would be a nation that's not known for being Buddhist, but that would be known for being Christian. Just sweep amongst that nation, Lord, and just sweep them into your kingdom. Let's not get passive. Let's uh, focus on one of those nations. Just choose one of them, Netherlands, Turkey, or Tibet, and just really go for it. Let's raise another shout, and we'll hear some more nations in a minute. I don't think it's a personal place for us, but you never know with God. But I, since a young boy grew up watching the Olympics, kind of Barcelona and, I guess, Catalonia region, and has always been there. So I want us to pray for that as a city. And, you know, even now they're talking about pulling away from Spain and so it's a region in itself but yeah I just feel something for that city and you know needs something of God in Barcelona let's just um, just press in on this the Spain thing a bit because I just sort of thinking about the word I brought earlier for I, I do think and I know Morris has had quite a stirring in his heart for for Spain for some while I, I, something within me just kind of got a surge of faith this morning and I, I just kind of I'd like to just press in and, and just like about the Barcelona thing so can we just have a quick quick burst for Spain because I, I just feel somehow the Lord's doing something there that we don't quite yet see what it's going to look like but it's not by this hammer blow on concrete it's about the spirit of God so our prayers are more powerful than a, than a sledgehammer on concrete so just a quick 30 second burst for Spain let's do that Lord, Lord. Yeah, Father, I want to lift up the nation of Belarus. I pray, Father, that you give, you'll multiply our five and two to bring light into that dark nation. You'll bring freedom to that oppressed people, Father God. Give us openings into Minsk, Father. Just, it's such a closed nation, Father. The last totalitarian regime in Europe, some call it, Father. I just pray, Father. May that be part of our five and two. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. It's just... Uh um, Max, have you got something you want to, do you want to just do that and just make this the last one? There's just one more thing I want to do after uh, this. Um, but. Okay, I, I just want us to pray for Gambia. Um, the God have led my heart to, be, uh, you know, I'll, and I'm looking forward to going there probably in the near future. Uh, it's, it's an Islamic country where, I mean, Islam is having a very strong hold on them, and I just pray that um, Islam, will be, I mean, will be subdued under God's power and that God will rule over yeah. that nation. And also, one more is Sierra Leone. Um, now, what's happening is the aspect of, um, uh, of occultism, which has been written in the city, and I pray that God will break the all of uh, occultism. Yeah. And, and that's another country where God has laid in my heart as well to go in and, yeah. and walk. Let's just quickly pray for Max, because I, I think that this is about, you know, as much about the man as it is about the nation. Uh, so, Lord, we just want to pray in Jesus' name that you, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We just pray for Max right now, in Jesus' name. Max, I see you like an Olympic runner with a torch. Uh, like a flame coming into the, the host nation. I believe that you are one that's going to carry a torch that's going to set alight a cauldron of fire of the presence of God. I believe that you're going to be like a fire starter in areas of darkness. And I just yeah. see it being, you're just going to, the, the fire is going to come alight on individuals that it's going to make a, a light that's going to go into all the region. I just see a gathering of people together that you're just going to empower and, and pour out and pray 
pray for the Holy Spirit and they're going to, from that gathering, that light is just going to go into all the highways and the byways and God's going to multiply the work of your hands in, in the gifts of the Spirit. There's an impartation and a releasing. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, we pray, Father, that the flame would burn bright. Father God, as, as Max runs into these areas, Father, these obscure villages, that, that neighborhood, that, that uh, living room that, that no Christianity has been to yet, Father, I pray that you would set a light. Father, the people that come from the corners, from, from the, from the uh, ends of the, of the region, Father, to go back empowered and ablaze in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord. Just with the, the few minutes we have left, well, I, I want to just blend something just very quickly. Because um, when we sort of pray about nations, it, again, we, we, you know, we're, it's, it's quite a sense of you know, prophetic whatever. But I just want to go back to what I said right at the beginning about welcome, friends, food, fun. The way you break open nations is by giving people what Jesus gave them. He, he, he gave them salvation, but he started by just meeting people's needs their felt needs just giving them a sense of family a sense of belonging and I'd like us just to quickly get into twos and threes and to pray in whatever setting you're in that that very simple DNA of food welcome friends just the simple stuff God will blow on it and we will find great crowds thank you great crowds gathering in our plants simply because we learn to do this welcoming thing really well alright so can we just do that because I want to earth what we've prayed for it's not just all out there naming countries it's about saying God now help us to begin to do this